Welcome to the Fast Host Proactive Podcast, Spill the IT. Each episode, we'll sit down with some of the amazing proactive team and chat through their experiences of the ups and downs of IT infrastructure management in small businesses. There's always plenty to chat about. Welcome to episode three of the Fast Host Proactive podcast. We are back with Dan, Frank and Claire. And today we're going to be talking about the nitty gritty aspect of costs when it comes to IT infrastructure. So it's something we all care about, particularly in the current economic climate. Um, And we actually have an audience question that's come in as a result of the other two episodes around total cost of ownership, so or TCO as it's more affectionately known. How do we unpick total cost of ownership. So obviously it's something that MSP providers talk about as a method of comparison. But for a smaller business, the question can be, well, what do you mean by that? What sits underneath that? Um, So I'm just going to throw that out to you. I think you're right there. I think you, you you can't Google, you can't find, you can't read a white paper by an MSP without, without seeing TCO. So Total cost of ownership, you know, the, the, the slightly blunt part of me wants to say, well, the clue's in the name. Um, <laughs> but, but I think you're right, unpacking that for those that kind of haven't come across that type of uh, method of kind of wrapping services up is important. So it's about the entire life cycle. It's about more than just that initial purchase mm-hmm. price. You know, if, if you're buying a server, you know, it's, it's a piece of tin. You know how much it costs it's cost you to buy outright or perhaps, you know, how much it costs you to buy, you know, to buy, you know, on a monthly basis. This is about the cost of implementation. This is the cost of maintaining, about operating, about, you know, that's hardware costs, mm-hmm. that's software costs, that's that's resource costs. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the kind of bits of TCO that people don't think about, like, like training, support, ongoing maintenance. So it's all of those things, not just the initial outline cost of it. And I think also when, when you're talking about total cost of ownership, you also want to think about downtime as mm-hmm. well. How much is that infrastructure costing you when it isn't doing what it should be doing mm-hmm. i think that what dan was just saying there that you know he's talking about if i pick up on downtime if it's downtime due to an incident that it's not just the cost of, of your servers or whatever it is being down it's actually it can be reputational damage as well you yeah. know how do you look to the outside world how do you look to your customers so there, there's a cost there as well mm-hmm. in, in future business and it's one of the reasons we put this together at Fast House, we've been doing this, you know, those hidden costs of training, of managing all the infrastructure. We've been doing it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, one of the basic premises was, why don't we use that expertise um, out in the wider market to offer it as a service? So again, that, that's where, you know, we've already sunk that cost into our business. So we can, we can take advantage of that for on your behalf, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, that's that's where I think the benefit of, of MSP then comes in mm-hmm. um, into that situation. Yeah, and Claire, sort of from a from a client services point of view, have you seen sort of many examples of the impact? You mentioned downtime from various different businesses, because I would imagine for for sort of high volume businesses like e-commerce providers, for example, that would have quite an impact. And financial institutions. And, mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've had experience where 
severe problems with a financial institution um, that went down and it it was down in, in certain areas for a couple of days. The reputational damage just was almost irreparable. Really? Um, it, obviously, it was repairable, yeah. but to them it is irreparable because mm-hmm. their customers then start talking to another customer and it, and it goes on from there. Mm-hmm. And it really, for them, it wasn't the financial it was the reputation. So we do have to take that into account when we're looking after a customer's environment. It could take a small business down, though, something yeah, like that. Yeah, small it's, business. Uh, talking mm, to, absolutely. Talking to about an example where it was a small business and the guy set it up and it was a website and he basically bought it in as a, as a whole thing. So he'd been running the, the software, in effect, um, and he had all his backups set up and it was all, you know, he thought he was, he was bulletproof until he made a mistake yeah. and corrupt. Did, corrupted his website, whatever he did. He tried to restore it from a backup, but he hadn't been checking the backups. Yeah. Therefore, he had to then spend thousands upon thousands of pounds employing data specialists to to then come in and, and try and, and recover everything and get him back operational. He's, he's, he was offline for, for weeks, I think, in the end, mm. this person. You know, those things are really tough to come back from, um, from a small business. And again, I, I don't know how that, how that story ended, but... Um, yeah. it, not when I heard about it, it wasn't mm. going very well, put it that way. Yeah. Um, so again, it's it's all those considerations. It's it's business threatening, right? Mm-hmm. And Dan, what's from your different areas that you've worked in, mm. um, companies and industries, what, what are some of the things you've seen? In terms of? Just in terms of the impact of downtime. Oh, and... yeah. Um, <laughs> be, be, we felt that pain. Yeah. <laughs> being, being an IT manager when for a university and it's clearing Mm -hmm. that's fairly stressful um to a certain extent it's belts and braces Mm -hmm. you know uh, and kind of you know certainly you know i saw the time before we had a managed service and the time afterwards as well and and kind of you want to brief your msp on where your pain points are going to be in the calendar you know and you want to ensure that they've kind of got eyes on your infrastructure and your services at that mm-hmm. point but it goes back to a point i think we were making in the previous episodes about kind of trust and visibility and, and responsibility you know you're not offshoring that responsibility you're bringing more people into that that kind of circle as yeah. well but at the end of the day when you take a step back and you've gone through a period like that it's money well spent, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know you've got the right people on hand if anything does need to happen. But to going back to Frank's really good point about kind of you know managed backup there as well, you know you've got the right people doing the right things before anything happens. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I loved about I love about our managed backup service. It's not just take a load of data, squirrel it away somewhere, and if the worst should happen, then pull it out of a cupboard somewhere it's not that at all as part of our managed service as part of our managed backup service we're regularly checking those backups that can be restored mm. and just having that peace of mind is, is really really useful makes a big difference yeah. doesn't it so in terms of total cost of ownership and some of the things that need to be looked out for cost of consumption is always a bit of a hot topic mm. isn't it with clouds you know how do you especially with some of the larger providers it's very easy to consume services and add to that bill unexpectedly so how would you advise businesses to manage that properly i think it's about having a really good discovery phase 
you know, with your MSP. Mm. I think it's allowing your MSP into your infrastructure to know how your infrastructure really runs on a day-by-day basis. Some some of the prices you'll see from some of the hyperscalers will look like fractions of a pence per, (laughs) you know, some very complex unit. But until you actually get, you know, to use the term crocodile clips on the infrastructure to understand how your infrastructure is running, that's the only way you're going to get a true reflection of, of, you know, what it's going to cost you per month. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, really obvious, read what you're signing up for. Again, beware the asterisks um it's it's very important we try to structure our contracts so it's very transparent so we so you know the line items there's no bundling Mm -hmm. um you see exactly what you're getting on a per line item basis you can if you see fit to pick and choose this but the reason that's important is if it's in a some kind of bundle you don't really know what's in there Mm -hmm. and so we we try to be as you know, we won't always get it right, but we try to be as transparent as possible within that so that you know exactly what you're paying. And we kind of have structured it as well to, to almost give you a worst case scenario because mm. um, that gives you that cost predictability. You can plan better for your for the years ahead. And, and it might, again, it might seem a bit of an odd way of doing it. You know, actually, here's a bill you're not going to get. But, you know, the way it's constructed is, is with that in mind mm. um, to make sure that it's, uh, again keep saying the word transparency but it's it's something that's really important to how we've built this business to say mm. you know we'll be as clear as as we can be and it builds the trust all the kind of things we've talked about on multiple occasions now. yeah <laughs> and and claire from your point of view do you find that cost is a complex issue for customers yeah and it's been one of my <laughs> my hot topics um coming into the company um and obviously setting up fast host proactive is the the, the same word transparency but with the costs especially because with all the time I spent in managed services finance is a big big issue in the sense that it's we're not being transparent as in a company's not being transparent so it's been very important to me so that I can talk to the customers about it and that they can see that what they've bought is what they're paying for Mm -hmm. and actually the detail and the level is, I don't know what the saying is, something about the, the something about something in the detail. Devil in the detail. Devil in the yeah. detail. And that's what it is, especially with finance, because they yeah. do, you'll get the, the person, the finance team who receives that invoice. Uh, they don't know. And they haven't got have nothing clue. to do with the selection of No, all of absolutely. Those so, if, you know, as long as we're, be, if we've, what's in the order is in the invoice mm-hmm. and the client is aware of everything. And that's the most important thing. There's nothing worse than receiving that invoice through. Yeah. And, uh, and as an IT manager, having to sit down and go, oh, right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what, was the, what was that for again? And, exactly. and you've, got, you've got two ways of dealing with it, right? You know, you either hope it's all okay and it gets sent up to your CFO and you hope you, hope you don't get questioned on it. <laughs> or, you, you know, you contact your, your CSM and having to get, right, yeah, line 14, it says I've spent, you know, and you might even be looking at, you know, minute amounts of money, but it depends mm. on your organisation and how the kind of financial governance around that yeah. works as well. And so, what might yeah. be a small amount to you, yeah. it's not a small amount to them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, then they'll be questioned on it. You have to be able to... So it's all about the detail in um, with regards to finances. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so important. And, and it helps to understand where they are because there's a big mm. concern managed services that I see anyway about these hidden costs. Mm. <laughs> Get on the table, I suppose. Um, you know, one of the things that we've, we've deliberately done our part of our contract a, a little bit more lengthy because we actually detail exactly what we're doing mm. because then 
we're all clear. We all know where we stand. There's no surprises. Mm. If you ask for something that's not included in your service, there's not an argument there or, you know, it, it's this is what we do for you. And if we're not doing it, it goes both ways. You hold us to account. Yeah. Um, and again, it just, we're trying to, it's a really, I've seen it a lot where there's grey areas in service and grey areas in contractual um, situations. And, and the more you can iron those out in advance, everyone knows where they stand. It just makes for a much more constructive relationship, let's what, say. What are some of those grey areas that perhaps these businesses <clears throat> should be looking out for? So I'm, I'm going to say, so Frank used the brilliant term, beware the bundle, I think, earlier. The one I'm going to throw in is um, tears over tears. Mm. So understanding how some of those um, you know, line items are, you know, actually tiered up, mm. you know. You think you might be paying a, a certain cost per, per unit price, but when you go over certain limits, you know, mm. those things could rack up quite quite considerably. So I think being awareness of the pricing model, mm. you know, and that's something that, that we're doing here, being, to use the T word, very transparent, definitely something that clients should look out for. Mm. And are there other things, that other grey areas where clients maybe sometimes get a bit unstuck? like particularly around businesses that, that have to scale at maybe certain times of the year. So going back to e-commerce providers when it's peak, sort of in the lead up to Christmas. Well, again, it comes back to the, the pricing model, really, you, you know, and you, the burstable, if it's the infrastructure and you've got burstable times of the year where it is going to be more, you've got to know about it. Yeah. And if you're not told, that's when it becomes a problem. And, and, and again, we've got to, make sure that we're really clear on on how these things are constructed mm-hmm. and it's almost a it's a weird probably boring bit in in the whole conversation it's no there's no whizzy tech in this conversation here now it's just at the the buttons at the at the bottom where we're going right we need to make sure that you understand this in december you're an e-commerce shop that bill is going to be double yeah and why yeah you know you're going to use more resource so therefore that obviously affects our costs which therefore affects your costs. Mm-hmm. This is how it works. Almost, if they're getting 10 times the amount of traffic, uh, let's say five times the cost or however it might scale, mm. um, that's good for them because they're getting that traffic and they understand it. And mm. let's say half of it is, a, is it's not explained and, and smoke and mirrors and things like that. And, and again, that's what we're trying to avoid yeah. um, is, is how I'd put it. Yeah, mm. So then how how do you, and this might be a slightly unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Ah, perfect. <laughs> um, so when you're looking at total cost of ownership, particularly perhaps with a new client, how do you factor in things like time? You know, we talked about time, I think, in the previous episode where having a managed service can save a business a lot of time. Do you factor it in? If you do, how do you factor it in? Is it is it something that they're even interested in before the fact or is it something they recognise later? Um, well, we can be quite honest about how we've kind of calculated this and, and built this. We've kind of looked at it from a basis as here's exactly what we're doing. Here's what it costs to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, a bit of margin. We're a business after all. Um, and you can almost see those calculations in your mind's eye as you're going through. Okay, you know, manage backup. There's a bit of setup and configuration. There's checking it keeps running, restoring some files, mm. checking that they work, they work in the environment. All these things, we know how long they take. 
So we can therefore factor that into our costs. Again, I, we can do that with all our services. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the way that we built it that way is it's a good way to talk to customers as well about it. You know, it's explaining how these things work. Mm. You know, manage backup, what does that mean? Oh, it just means you don't lose your files. Mm. Great. But what it actually means is we're doing all this stuff. And to me, that adds value. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just seeing a line item that's, that says £100 to back up my file. You're going, oh, I get what this is. And actually, I'm a lot more reassured because I know you're testing it. There should be no surprises. And they can translate that back, I guess, into the time it saves them yeah. as an organisation because if they had to do that... Exactly. Who, yeah. is gonna, who would do the testing? We're back mm. to recruitment. Mm. How long will that testing take? Yeah. Um, are your team confident enough that you can restore something, test it in your environment, put it back without breaking something else? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, all that risk is is no longer on your plate, it's it's on ours. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the service we provide, right? And do businesses, Claire, again, from a sort of client point of view, and, and actually Dan, come to you in a minute because you were client side, do businesses appreciate that as time goes on? Do they, are they, do, do they see that as a benefit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and with a lot of the services, there's reporting involved as well. So Mm. they'll get a monthly report on these services that are being performed and um, if there are any issues, any mitigation that we've put in place. And they really appreciate it. Because a lot of them have to report up to um, CTOs or CEOs or whomever or a board. They've got, you know, what are you paying for? So they're accountable to people as well. So they they need to see that we're doing what we've said we're going to do. And the fact that we could be putting mitigation in place when there is, you know, that's fantastic. Hey, they handled it. Nothing, you know, we didn't have to do that. Mm. We just carried on doing our day job. It's tremendous value to them. Tremendous value. I think they appreciate it because where they've come from. Yeah. You know, I think nobody, no business starts out from day zero with an MSP mm-hmm. uh, or very, very rarely, you know. So so they've all tried to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. They've all had the box under the desk, the few boxes in a cupboard and they, they've grown and they've started to scale. And as that happens, they start to feel the pressure and the stress. And and that's why I think, you know, when when they engage with MSP, you know, they... They understand, they've got that niggle in the back of their head, they've got that worry, they've got that concern, they've got that, as Frank, you, you know, rightfully said, you know, that, that element of risk. They understand what the impact, what the probability of the things not going right are. So I think they do come with that, you know. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, you know, because we're talking about cost here, that doesn't mean they're gonna, not going to make their own assessment about how much that risk is worth to them. Yeah. Um, to use the points that you, you've both made there you know it's about it's about articulating that value mm-hmm. you know it's not the value is not a number mm. the value is what we are doing for you so that you don't have to mm. and I would imagine that particularly comes to the fore in things like migration mm. so when they're moving from one system to another oh yes um because we've all worked in the tech sector a long time we know how painful those lessons can be I would imagine that's something you you run into yeah I mean I remember for a previous place I worked to, we, we did a big lift and shift operation, moving compute and storage, you know. Uh, so I think out of the whole project, you know, from the technical folks' perspective, that migration was, you know, that was the all eyes on, that was the bit that we were worried about, that was the bit that we had to work with our MSB to get to get right. I'd love to have those days where we can just turn off all the services, <laughs> do the lift and shift, it all test it. It all works fine. And we just turn, magically turn everything back on again. And in reality, it just doesn't work like that. You know, yep. businesses these days are, 
if not nine by five, you know, definitely you know, kind of twenty four seven. So you've got a lot of moving parts mm. in those kind of in those pieces. Um, I think a good planned, a good well executed, a good well understood migration plan is is worth its value essentially. Well, and as, as an MSP as well, obviously you're doing this for many clients all the time. So you build up that skill set, and I would imagine you have to get a lot of heads together sometimes to collaborate on solving a problem. Uh, all this keeps coming back to in my head was, as Dan was talking then was, again, how on earth could a small business resource something mm, like that? Yeah. Um, I, I know um, some of our guys are, are talking to a business at the moment that's unhappy with where they are at the moment and they want to move to our platform. So good end for them as far as they're concerned, but how on earth would they get from A to B? Mm. Um, and, and again, that's the added value that we can bring with the experience and the, the staff, <laughs> really simply, to be able to do that. And, and again, that, that's almost the, it's the link between it all, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's coming back to read the plan, make sure you understand it and be part of it. Don't, yeah. you know, it's a managed service, but you're still part of it. Yeah. Um, it's really important to be clear on that. It's not an abdicated service. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because some, some, some people do see they it that do. way. Yeah. I've, I've met many. Yes, yeah. definitely. And I think, I think Frank mentioned earlier about the kind of, you know, we've been in this game for a long time. Mm. And, and, and during that period, we, through managing, evolving, you know, our own infrastructure, we've had to do those big lift and shift operations. You know, and there is various technologies and platforms that can help you do that but having the people on the ground that have, have you know, done this a few times before mm-hmm. you know especially at the scale that we've been operating got at got the skills <laughs> got the skills got the scars you yes. know learned the lessons processes, know how mm, got the processes yeah exactly it's it's where we can add real value yeah and claire you were saying just before we went on air about because you've only been Fast Taste Proactive for a short time, but how much you've appreciated that collaboration that goes on in the background? Oh, honestly, when people say that, you know, they go on about units and, and being like a family almost, and that is how we are. Mm. Everybody works together. If someone's got a problem, you're not left to deal with it on your own. You collaborate. You know, you could just be writing a document and somebody go, well, I'll have to check it over, a second pair of eyes. But people, they want to help solve problems. They want to help you Mm -hmm. and I I think that's what we are very very good at yeah yeah good well thank you another good conversation and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode thank you you very much thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple podcast or visit proactive.fasthost.co.uk for more info see you next time 